We are blessed to have you join us. What we do for Christ has infinite significance. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are we trusting God to affect the world for Christ and eternity? Or are we charting our own course, consumed with the temporal pleasures of our finite earthly existence? Are we praying without ceasing, or are we ceasing to pray for God-called laborers to fulfill the harvest? God will never fail us. Are we failing Him? Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. It is critical that we let the Word of Christ dwell in us. How? Richly. Laborers who are full of selfishness, laborers who are full of spiritual pride, Laborers who are full of of a competitive spirit, laborers who are irresponsible, who have a sense of entitlement as if the church owes them something, will wreak havoc in the Lord's church. You don't want to be an irresponsible worker. You don't want to be an entitlement worker. You don't want to be a selfish worker. You don't want to be a worker who is full of spiritual pride. You don't want to be a competitive worker. You're trying to compete and outdo somebody. You got to realize our goal is not this. The being in the church is not sports. It is not sports. We're not here to compete. There are no referees in the house. I mean, we are a team. We are a family. We are the body of Christ. We are to work together in the unity of the spirit. We are here to pray for one another, to love one another, to bear one another's burden. We are here to be at harmony with each other, not to compete, not to outsing, outdo, or feel intimidated because somebody looks a little more gifted than you are. Thank God for what he has deposited into you and what he has deposited into you. Let him work it out of you into the life of the body of Christ to the glory of almighty God. The word of God cannot dwell in us richly until we hear and obey the word of God and allow it to bring our lives into conformity with him. Only then can we be glorified in our work. What kind of work is God looking for? What kind of work is God looking for? God is looking for a growing workers. Say growing workers. God is looking for growing workers. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18a says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growing workers. Beloved, do you realize that a refusal to grow in Christ is disobedient and sinful? Now, nobody, people, very few people see that in this manner. Do you realize that a refusal to grow is disobedient to God and sinful before God? God has commanded us to what? Yeah. Oh, you know, you're saying grow. You said it so we grow. God has commanded us to grow. No, a little bit louder. God has commanded us to grow. Your baby is not 20 years old, still crawling on the floor. Hopefully he's not, unless there's something physically wrong or abnormal. But if he's a healthy child, that child is eating, drinking, 
everything in the house. And then when they become teenagers, they really eat. You wonder, their stomachs become a bottomless pit at your expense, mama and daddy. They are growing, boy, developing girls. They are growing and growing. And all of a sudden, you look like they can eat soup off of your head because they are what? Growing. But you know what? That same analogy ought to be transferred in the spiritual kingdom. We ought to be growing. We ought not be pygmies for God. We ought to be giants for God. We ought to be giants for God. Growing spiritually, we ought to be growing spiritually mature saints. That's what he's calling us to be, growing spiritually mature saints. You see, my friend, growing spiritually mature saints are not messy. When you're growing, you're not messy. That's a sign that you're still a spiritual baby when you can throw rocks and hide your hand. A sign sign that you're not growing is when you say, why do I have to give 10% out of my income? You ought to be over that by now. A sign that you're not growing is that you're a professional whiner. You cry, baby. Your feeling is easily hurt. Somebody just look at you the wrong way. You are, you gone. We can't, we really can't find you. You good and gone. I asked, you know what? I haven't seen some so-and-so. They say, oh, she's been gone six months. I say, really? Somebody mispronounced her name. <laughs> I'm just making that up now. This is an analogy. Don't take that serious. You try to figure out who it is. That was, that was just an analogy. Okay. Don't try to figure. I mean, I'm just giving you some analogies to let you know that people leave over in a little whimsical thing. And then yet you can get on that job. They cuss you out. They let folk go and give you more work. They overwork you, underpay you. You sweat it out and you stay right on there. But you get to the Lord's church, somebody just breathe on you and you faint. (laughs) You faint. You know why you faint? Because you're not growing. You know, a growing saint, a sign, a sign that you're a spiritual baby is that you're messy. You make a lot of mess. You're a mess maker. You're, you're problematic. People see you come and they say, here comes bad news. Because you're a spiritual baby. You're problematic. And uh, you can't edify anybody. You can't encourage anybody. It's always about what you want, what you need, what's wrong, what's not right. Instead of saying, how can I pray for you? How can I be a part of the problem? Hey, I'm so excited at what God is going to do through you. You know, God told me to tell you that God loves you and you are full of potential for God. If you start telling people like that, you're starting with your children, your family. You know what? They'll start fainting because that's not like some of y'all. You're King's kids. You're fearfully and wonderful made. You're full of possibilities. The best of you is yet to come. God's got a wonderful plan for your life. I sure hope you discover it. I can't wait to see what he's going to do with you. I'm excited about the kingdom possibilities in your life. You know what? Folk are going to start running to you like a magnet because they they so thirsty to hear words like that. What you want? Why you come? Here she come again. No! Begin to encourage folk. You bless people when you minister with your words. When you're kind and not short in their deficiencies. All of us have deficiencies. Being patient with them. A sign of spiritual maturity that you're growing is that you can be patient with folk who have issues. You're not quick to judge and say why they're that way. I mean, what is that to you? 
help people. Allow, and you need to pray. Here's what you need to put on your prayer list. Lord, help my words to minister to others in the spirit. Help my words to minister. Your words to minister. Speaking with calmness and tranquility. I mean, things can be all out of order and disarray or someone can let you down, didn't do what you asked or, or did things in a way you didn't prefer. In a lot of these cases, we're fighting over stuff that's a matter of preference anyway. And you say, you know, it's really okay. The sky is not falling. Stop acting like the sky is falling on every issue. You know, encourage one another. Strengthen one another. Next, what kind of labor is God looking for? God is looking for one who possessed the mind of Christ. One who possessed the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2, 16b also says, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, you don't have the mind of Christ if all you're doing is listening to music. You know, I speak to people. A lot of times when they're walking and they keep walking, I'm thinking they're being rude, but they can't answer because they got those things in their ears. They can't even hear you. They can't even hear you. Husband, when the last time you told your wife you look good today? Your hairdo is pretty. When the last time you told her, I love you? And it's not Valentine's Day. You see? So really, this needs to start at home. At home, it needs to be spontaneous. You don't want to wait till somebody dying and they got one more breath and you talk, oh, by the way, I love you. <laughs> Come on. Come on. She said, baby, where's that been? I'm on my last breath. Now you're going to tell me you love me. Oh, the question I ask is, when are you going to grow up? Write that question down. When am I going to grow up? You got to have the mind of Christ to do that. You do. You do. Next, you, you know what kind of worker God is looking for? God is looking for hard workers. Say hard workers. Work hard. You know those guys on the football team and basketball teams and volleyball team? I mean, they're out there practicing. Even the little league. And I mean, they take this stuff serious. My wife and I were looking at the news and, and all of a sudden I saw these parents and they were just fighting each other and they were just beating the side. They were just pounding each other. I don't know what they were fighting about, but maybe because the ref made the wrong call or maybe, I don't know what it was, but the parents were killing each other. And it's just a game. It was a, it was a, it was a kid's game. And they were saying that they, more refs are quitting because they disagree with the call and because they come so down so hard. Those guys are, just, uh, whoever they are, ladies, whoever they are, they're just trying to make ends meet. Most of them is their second job and they're just trying to make it. And boy, they're screaming at them and they're cussing them out and they're doing all of these things. 
and the little the players, the little kids, they're in it and they gotta make practices. They can't come to church on Sunday because they gotta practice hard and they gotta hit and they gotta bounce the ball and they gotta shoot. I see them in the football NFL now. This is summer, the summer prep night, almost ready for preseason. And I see them out there sweating it and they're hitting these things and they're running and they're, they're tackling and they're doing this in basketball. They're drilling and drilling and drilling and they're doing it over and over and over and over and over and over. And you know what? In the church, we don't like repetition. And repetition actually is the mother of all learning. You don't learn your timetables without repetition. How you going to do algebra and you don't know what two times two is? My friends, you got to work hard. It's amazing how hard they work in the athletic realm. But we get to we get to God's house, God's work, which is be done God's way, and we drag our feet. We don't expect God to work through us. We're not praying that God does some. Uh, uh, I was riding around this church early this morning, just circling this church, saying, "Lord, wake these folk up, get them out to bed, bring them to the Lord's house." Because the problem is, some of y'all can't work on because you can't even get up. You can't even get up. I don't know what you're going to wear. What about thinking about it on Saturday nights when you're out watching the 12 o'clock movie? Hello. Hard work. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, they says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Do it with all your what? All your might. Because we're living in an evil day. How many of y'all know the day is evil? How many of y'all see enough evil on television? I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, it's working time with all of this evil, all of this corruption. Satan is busy and multitudes are headed to a Christless eternity. Therefore, we must get in a hurry and tell people, according to Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is no time to be in spiritual regression. This is no time to be backslidden. We must work hard and give God our best today. And give God our best today. What kind of work is God looking for? He's looking for faithful workers. He's looking for faithful workers. A faithful worker serves with a pure heart. A faithful worker perseveres through trials and stay the course through trials in his marriage, through trials in her marriage, through trials with your children, through trials in the church, through trials on your job, through trials in your body, sickness in your body. You keep on working for the king of glory. You persevere. You stay the course, wisely using your God-given energy and time that God has entrusted to you. You're giving the best to him until he calls you from earth to heaven. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10b says, be thou faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. With all the evil, corruption, confusion, global satanic activities, this is no time to be backslidden, thrown in the towel and say, I quit. I quit. I quit. I don't know one demon that's quit. The devil hadn't quit. Demons haven't quit. Corruption hasn't quit. Sin is still rampant, but you quit. 
Let me give you a verse for you. Write it down. Luke 9, 62. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You start to work and then you leave the work and you, you leave the things that's most, most pre- the kingdom things that are most precious to you is fit for the kingdom of God. No one, no one. Listen, you are backslidden if you're sitting in this church today saying, I used to come to prayer meeting. I used to come to Bible study. I, I used to sing in the choir. I used to work in the media ministry. I used to work in the children's ministry. I used to, used to, used to, used to, used to. And God is saying, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Because the real question is, what are you doing for Christ right now? Are you a faithful worker? Next, are you an available worker? Are you an available worker? Acts chapter 9 verse 6 says, So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. When God knocked Saul off that beast, he he hit him so hard, he saw Jesus. He didn't just see stars. He saw Jesus. That's right. Some of you, I saw John. It's something. You get it. You get knocked out and you don't see stars. You see Jesus. He, who, 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 who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. The one you are persecuting. Lord, boy, he was shook up. Sight gone. He was in a mess then. God had him right where he wanted. Lord, What would you have me to do? What is the last time you asked God, Lord, what will you have me to do? Why don't you write that down if you're not too afraid to write it? Now, some of you won't write it. You can pretend you didn't hear it, but you heard it. Because when you write that down, then you get convicted by it. Because there is something the Lord wants you to do. What what a question. What a life question. Lord, what will you have me to do? Now, some of you are not good workers at all. You know why? Because you're not available to do the work. You say, how do you know that? Because you have here. You have here. You come once a month, every other Sunday, 15 minutes late. And if if you can make it here once a month, you think you've done God a favor. And you're teaching your children to do the same thing. And God's hope was to hold you, you responsible men as the priest in your home because you failed to be consistent in the things of Almighty God. We're going to have Holy Communion here tonight. Well, we're going to serve communion. We're going to have a back to school prayer where we're going to be laying hand and praying on people who have uh, babies in the womb, pregnant women, all the way up to those in college and postgraduate school and all those kinds of things. We're going to be laying hands on your child. You, when you send your child off to school now, you don't even know if they're coming back. The metal bars are in the school. The sniffing drug dogs are in the school. All the security folk, uh, personnel is in the school. Active shooting preparation is in the school because they've taken God out. Out. You mean tell me you're not going to bring your child, your grandchild back tonight so we can pray over them? And lay hands on them. Listen, you ought to say, listen, 
Anybody want to lay hands on my child? Help me pray. You can hear those kids giving testimonials tonight. We're going to see God moving through all these children tonight. We're going to be taking Holy Communion tonight. But will you be available to be part of what God has commanded you to do? He says, this do in remembrance of me. You can't save yourself. I died in your place. And now you can't even have enough spiritual thankfulness and gratitude in your heart to come and take Holy Communion to the glory of God. Are you available or are you so wrapped up in your own personal schedule that you could care less and don't even lose sleep about it? Do you really care? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. It doesn't matter how gifted you are. Listen at this now. It doesn't matter how gifted you are. If you are not available, you are squandering your spiritual gift and will lose your opportunity to make a kingdom investment in the lives of people. Many saints will not be rewarded and given their spiritual pink slips because of spiritual negligence and high absenteeism. What kind of work is God looking for? He's looking for thankful workers. He's looking for thankful workers. He's looking for thankful workers. First Thessalonians 5.18, he's looking for thankful workers. The scripture says, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything give thanks. When things go well, not so well. When things intrude in your life, you can't understand. When sickness hit, circumstances hit, hard times hit, the unexpected hit. When you get blindsided and say, where in the world did this come from? Realize you're to give thanks. Why? For the bad thing that happened to you? No, not for the bad thing that happened to you. You give thanks because God is still on the throne and he's got your back and he's in control in spite of what happens to you. When you have been arrested by almighty God, you will be compelled by the spirit of God to serve the Lord with thanksgiving and realize that it is a high call and high privilege to represent God in a fallen sinful world. Beloved, When we work for God, we are not doing him a favor. Did you hear that? You need to write that down. When we work for God, we are not doing him a favor. You're not. God could easily at any point fire you and replace you and me with someone else. And he will. We're all replaceable. Even if you're not fired, you can be a faithful worker. You don't have to get fired. You can just die and you're going to be replaced. All of us are replaceable. You're not doing him a favor. Well, I guess I better come. God says, guess. Guess. What you? What did you say? Do you know who you're talking to? I guess I like God owes you. God could easily fire us and replace us with someone else. Absolutely no one is indispensable. You need to write that down because it keeps you, that statement keeps you humble. Absolutely no one is what? Indispensable. The work God started will go on with you or without you. It's going on. This church is 30 years old. You know how many people have come and gone through this church? 
in 30 years for all kinds of reason. And yet the church is still here today. The church is still here today. The work of God will go on. The real question is, will you join God in the work? I want you to personalize it. Will I join God in the work for my good and his glory? I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no one can work. And all God's children said, Amen. Let's pray. And Father, we bless your name. We love your name. We worship your name. We honor your name. We thank you for the message. Father, some people can't work because they don't even belong to a church. Or maybe they at a particular church, but they don't even like it. Or the word is not prominent where they get convicted. A lot of music and hype, jumping, falling out, all heat, but no light. Lord, I pray that souls be saved so that they can work. In the name of Jesus, stir our hearts, convict us, do us like you did Saul. Convict us to the point that we too say, what would you have me to do? In Jesus' name, and all God's children say it, amen. The Bible tells us to fear not, for God is with us. Be not dismayed, for he is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. We must not be afraid, nor ashamed, nor slothful. We must be bold. We must be willing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is able and he won't fail. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683.